welcome to episode number 46 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording on December the 15th, 2019. Uh, my name is Eric. I'm the host of the show. I'm based in southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and a computer geek. I got in preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Hi there, my name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sport shooter, reloader, and my farm is designated handyman. I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. My background as a first responder has focused my mind towards safety. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. My name is Tyler, and I'm broadcasting from my five-acre homestead here in northwestern Wisconsin, USA. Since purchasing my first house, I have been working to turn my property into a self-sufficient homestead with an emphasis on preparedness. If you want to help to support the pod, support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt, just like this one. And Eric, Eric, he's Eric for and this one too. And this one too. Andy in. Tyler, catch up. Yeah, I got to get him the signs. Yeah. You can buy that t shirt at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds go to help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Canadian Prepper Podcast. And you can submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, and let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover. Or if you just like or like something we're doing, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, thermogenic content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Uh, next, we're going to let you know how we've improved our preparedness since our last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic for this episode, keeping warm in the apocalypse. And fighting off some zombies, of course. Yeah, it's always about the zombies. <laughs> um, I've, I put a few articles in the show notes here. Um Near uh, near Toronto in Etobicoke, there was a home invasion and sexual assault of a 63-year-old woman. Happened at 3.20 in the afternoon. Uh, it's just a kind of a reminder that it can happen to anyone at any time. Keep your doors locked, your head on a swivel. Yeah. Uh, also, North Korea is advancing their rocket-slash-missile tests, and um, that's, uh, that's more than a little terrifying. Just a little bit. And lastly, on a much more realistic war front, uh, China is threatening sanctions against Germany if Huawei is prohibited from operating within the country. Um, so what, wanna... they don't want their spyware or what? Yeah, that's it. Like Germany's, <laughs> Germany's, apparently threatening, uh, Germany's apparently choosing not to allow Huawei to operate, and China is saying, well, if you don't, uh, if you don't want to... Uh, want Chinese-made phones in your country? You're, we're not going to have German-made cars in our country, and that could hurt the German economy far worse than uh, than anything else. So that's hmm. that's a thing. Yeah, unfortunately, they got a bad reputation of just being loaded with spyware and and listing devices. So I, yep. I guess it's kind of just slightly, though. Yeah. So <laughs> just um, one or two. Don't worry about it. Just out of curiosity, so North Korea was that uh, just long-range missiles, or was it just uh, local stuff, or like just Radley oh, again, or? Long, long range. Their their goal within that, and uh, uh, their goal within that is to actually be able to hit the U.S. and start and like accurately enough to target their missile sites. Oh, oh wonderful! Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Some scary stuff. Yep. So, all right, they have to make a Team America Part Two or something. Just to make <laughs> light of it. Nope. All right. Well, I got a couple pieces of news as well. So, uh, as uh, we know, we got a new, well, not a new, 
I guess, new to us, Parliament. And uh, basically, it, all the mandate letters came out to all the ministers. Uh, so Bear, Bill Blair's old ministry disappeared, which was the Minister of Border Security and Organized Crime, which was kind of a minister of nothing. He had nobody to report to or anything or nobody reporting to him. And um, so he became public safety minister this time. And, and bullet point one in his mandate letter is to ban what they refer to as assault weapons. And mm. post haste, basically, was the way they worded it. So, Yeah. Just be forewarned, forearmed on that one, is that there is some probably he mentioned he was doing gonna do it by order in council or OIC, which is kind of like a presidential decree. Um or yeah, or royal decree from the old days. <laughs> Either because way it's that, bad. That's, that's gonna stop gun crime. Yeah, it's totally gonna stop gun crime. Yeah. The thing yeah. that has never been used to commit a crime in Canada is the most is the most pressing and dangerous thing, and therefore it is dangerous and must be banned. Well, it looks scary. But but unlicensed gangbangers with you know unregistered handguns, not a problem. Well, I'm sure they're going to turn everything in now, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So That's how it works, a, right? On a completely unrelated note, I put a news article in here about Venezuelans and their number one regret is their gun ban that happened about six years ago before the government became extra authoritarian and started running over people with tanks. So they, uh, I just thought, you know, it's kind of timely news for yeah. various stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, another minister that got his mandate letter was the Minister of Canadian Heritage, and I have no idea how this relates to Canadian Heritage, but one of his bullet points, which was the second point in his mandate letter, stated that he's going to be in charge of uh, basically censoring the internet as he sees fit, and uh, pretty broad-ranging de- determination of what they feel needs to be censored, but it's all in the name of the children, so think of the children as they try and clamped on anything they refer to as hate speech, incitement, radicalization, or anything else. Anything they don't agree with. So next week, you can find us on the dark web. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, succession plans for all sorts of things. So yeah. Uh, Okay, so a couple more local things. Uh, 3,000 truck drivers in North America laid off as uh, Celadon, which is a giant trucking company, dies. So this has even gotten as bad as leaving some truckers stranded and getting home on their own dime. But it is, you know, because it's everything from food, gas, whatever, uh, gets delivered by truck nowadays versus rail for the most part. Um, This is huge, right? Walmart doesn't have any rail lines going to it. No. Everything goes by truck. And trucking is notoriously cutthroat. So, I mean, if they're having trouble, they're probably not the only one. And it's, it's it's a big company. Mm-hmm. Well, the the flip side of that is that if that particular company dies, that business doesn't go away. So they will end up working for somebody else doing the same doing the same thing. Like the the product Hopefully. will still get delivered, um, but it's uh, it's it's a an, an object where um, they get fewer companies that are larger, and then eventually you end up with you know. Skynet, where you've got one company ruling everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Universal Transport Corp. But uh, yeah, no, it's the same idea, though. I mean, these guys are obviously doing it for like, you know, cost plus a couple percent, and that they couldn't make a go of it. So the next guy is going to be a lower bidder in order to get the contract, and so on and so on, right? It's just this vicious uh, race to the bottom. <clears throat> race to the bottom. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and then a couple more th- upbeat things uh, for anybody that's preparedness minded and wants to get their skill sets up. Uh, Gavin from Patriot Podcasts, who is involved with Search and Rescue, mentioned that his local uh, Search and Rescue group is recruiting in Mississauga. So I put a link in that if you're interested in joining a Search and Rescue group. Uh, there's one in Mississauga recruiting, and also the one that's actually local to me is hiring as well. So I put the link in for that one. And, of course, there's lots of stuff to be learned. I think you guys can probably pitch on this one, but everything from orienteering skills to first aid to 
you know, public service, there's all sorts of benefits to joining a local search and rescue group. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you if you have if you can dedicate the time to it, search and rescue is is a fantastic thing to get involved with. Oh yeah, um, just everything you're going to learn just in in regards to getting involved with it, it's going to be worthwhile, and then you get to help some people out as well. So. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of on the job training for that one that is probably would be pretty expensive. If you have to shell it out for yourself, and not to mention real world experience. So that's what all I had for news, though. Yeah, got a, a valid point here on the. Uh, YouTube chat from uh, Yep, that's me. We'll be burning books next. Yeah, no, that's where it's coming. Yeah. Basically, it's going to be thought crime and you know hate speech and yeah, it's true. It's well, a sad like I said, day of affairs. Next week, find us on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. My dog's going a little nuts at something outside. Sorry. Try and tend to pay attention when he goes barking at things in the night. <laughs> uh, Eric, you got any news? Uh, not this week. No. All right. Nothing. All right, I got something. So uh, despite all the impeachment drama going on in the States here, um, got some good economic news. Uh, Washington Post just tonight released an article and the headline reads, U.S. economy shakes free of recession fears in striking turnaround since August. Um, U.S. economy is heading into 2020 at a pace of steady and sustained growth after three recent key events have almost eliminated the risk of an economic recession. So the first thing the article cites uh, was the recent cuts in interest rates by the Federal Reserve. Uh, second thing was uh, just last, I think it was Tuesday, December 10th, uh, Trump signed a new trade deal. And this will probably play into effect with you guys as well. It's the USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. So uh, basically NAFTA 2.0. And third thing was uh, December 13th, the White House unveiled a partial phase one trade deal with China. Um, so that's been trade war that's been going on for a number of months now, and it looks like that is finally settling down. So, so good well, news to report, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, just imagine if your economy had lost seven hundred thousand jobs. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we lost seventy thousand last month, and that's uh, we're one tenth the population. So, yeah. um, that's where we're sitting right now. Yeah, fortunately, uh, the economy, whether it's falsified or not, it seems to be to be doing pretty good here in the states. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, that's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, move into what we've done lately for our preps. Uh, for myself, uh, I nerded out uh, between the last episode and this one. Uh, I found a new website. Uh, so I put it in the show notes, but it's uh, the-i.eu and then forward slash public. So uh, if anybody's listening out there and you want to check it out, um, awesome site with a whole bunch of information, a bunch of documents on there. And uh, if you're uh, nerdy enough to know what WGET is, you can uh, use that to actually download the contents of any of the directories or folders that you want, or you can download the entire uh, the entire site. Uh, I grabbed about 120 gig worth of audiobooks and some other books and uh, documents from there overnight. And I've been sifting through it and lots of good stuff. Uh, there's some old dated stuff in there as well, but uh, it seems uh, to be that they're just looking to... Um, be the kind of an archive for documents. So that's, uh, that's what I did. All right. As for myself, I've been actually sidelined doing a bunch of home renos around here, trying to get the house all spruced up. Uh, but the wife has picked up the torch. Uh, she arranged for 300 pounds of potatoes to be delivered for free. Um, basically it's potato harvesting season here. And I don't even know what they call them discards or, you know, what basically the, uh, I don't stuff they don't use because it's got green spots on it. It's not really uh, commercially viable. Um, hmm. So basically, it's meant to be used for animal food. 
So we got like a whack a bag sitting in the hay shed right now that can be boiled up, fed to chickens or yeah, composters, nice. whatever. Free. That was good. good uh, nice. Free is a good price. Yeah. My daughter arranged for the 200 liters of diesel fuel. Still waiting on that, but she managed to negotiate with the supplier that uh, he would throw in the container for the diesel fuel as well. Like, you know, one of those tidy tanks. Nice. Very nice. Like it. Bartering delight. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So even if I don't uh, have anything that burns diesel, I, you know, worst case scenario, I can trade it off for something else. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, find something that burns diesel. Yeah, I was going to say, that, make, that, that makes an excuse, right? Yep. It makes a really good excuse to get a big generator. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, if we're buying a Humvee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two. Maybe two, yeah. Well, we're good for at least a tank of gas with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so other than that, myself, I loaded some more 9mm, then uh, promptly took it all to the range and blasted it away with it. Uh, after those announcements from uh, the ministers, I decided to hug my guns, take them to the range for some uh, some time and fresh air, you know, make them nice. feel better about themselves. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so sad news. But anyway, uh, oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention, the uh, with the chickens we processed out last week, um, really the wife, like I said, she picked up the torch this week, and she's made over 100 liters of chicken stock with those processed out chickens for dog food and wow. turned them into, obviously, like the, the mason jars full of chicken stock that's shelf-stable, but also took a bunch of the meat that's way too tough for us to touch, um, pressure candidate in jars as well and now we've got like 20 liters plus of chicken meat like dog food nice. so um yeah mm-hmm. fantastic use of stuff that otherwise was just around eating and doing nothing yeah so. great idea yeah yeah and so that's pretty much it right on uh this week for me um well, since our last episode, which I wasn't part of uh, when I finally finished some training I just have one more one more step, which is uh, government testing, because if the government doesn't put their stamp on it, apparently you're not qualified. Uh, inherited some office. Sorry? And let me guess, there's a fee involved too, right? Uh, in this case, not. Uh, I no. mean, there may very well be, but if there is, it's being absorbed by the uh, municipality that I work for, so I don't, uh, I don't, see, the, I don't see the cost. Government paying wow. government. Hmm. Government paying government. <laughs> it's amazing how that works out. Um I inherited some office furniture, so I spent the day today putting it together and getting every scrap of paper and all of our kind of stuff into a well-organized pile instead of a bunch of random piles, which is nice. So that gets me closer to being able to take every important document that we need, the hard copies with us, should we need to evacuate and leave the home quickly. So we're getting the uh, um, getting the, the bug out, and I'm not coming home packs kind of set up. Um, the chances of us ever having to evacuate are pretty slim, but you prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yep. Um, put my car kit to the test this week. Uh, we went to the uh, went to a small town Santa Claus parade on kind of a whim. Um, got the kids uh, broke out the hand warmers and toques and hats and mittens and uh, kept the kids warm, kept myself warm, and had a grand old time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I mentioned uh, last podcast that I'd sold my old pulling truck. So uh, with that thing gone, I had an extra stall in the garage. So I went through today and and uh, cleaned and reorganized everything in there, rearranged everything. Um, also got a nine thousand watt generator as a gift yesterday. So nice. that'll wow. that'll come into uh, account, staying warm with the power outage. That's for sure. And uh, another nice. thing we've been doing is uh, trying out dehydrating some fruits. Uh, we did bananas and apples the last two days. So that's Cool. Something else we're playing around with. <clears throat> hey, can oh, I have nice. a friend that gives me a generator too? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, who is this friend? I'd like to be their friend as well. Uh, my, <laughs> my gracious father. So thank you, Dad, if you're out there listening. Cool. He's not. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. My parents don't listen to this either. So <laughs> my mom doesn't know what a podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into the main topic, shall we? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, at some point, you're going to be faced with a no-heat situation at home. Probably anybody that's listening or everybody on the panel here has at least at one point in time, if not a couple of times, been faced with a power outage or something that's caused um, your main heat source to fail or not function. Um, it could be a power outage. It could just be that your equipment's failed. It's not working anymore or just needs to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Um so at, at that point, you know, you're faced with a, a dilemma. You know, how do you fix it? What do you, how do you keep your, your house heated? Uh, and you need an alternate source of heat. So safety comes first when you're choosing an alternate source of heat. That's, that's the number one thing is uh, if you're not, uh, you're not cautious, you, you, you do one wrong calculation, well, you're going to wake up dead. Right? <laughs> it's not a good way to wake up. And uh, it's, I love it's, that. It's statement. not fun. Really imagine, imagine my surprise. <laughs> yep. Shocking. Right. So yeah, there he was gone. There he was. Yep. <laughs> so, so remember uh, in a situation where you've lost heat for a few days, uh, most likely emergency services are going to be tied up as well. Right. So uh, if you're, you're at the point where you're looking for an alternate source, so you're starting to lose heat in your house, uh, fire, uh, paramedics, uh, police, et cetera, they're all going to be tied up. So if you, you end up making that wrong calculation, you, you have to make that phone call you might not be getting help as quick as you, you would be where everything's operating kind of normally. Um, so, so keep that in mind. Uh, priority number one is safety and, and make sure that uh, you got proper ventilation and you got a proper setup for any kind of alternate heat source that you're going to be setting up for, for your house. Um, well, yeah. Do you remember like, it was like literally a few, within a few days of being exactly a year ago now, we had that, uh, it was, oh, well, 72 hours for us, but take two weeks for some people to have that power outage here on the West coast. Yep. And um, that first night, somebody broke out the candles and we literally watched the house burn down across the bay because, you know, emergency services either couldn't get across the roads, tied mm-hmm. up with power lines, accidents, everything else. And so by the time they got there, uh, the house was engulfed. So yeah, yeah they, they definitely get tied up fast and uh, people don't have a plan in place. They don't know how to deal with even something as simple as candles. You know, it's bad, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, your, your house burning down is going to be warm for a little bit, but that, uh, that sucks. Yep. It's not it good. Really does. Yeah, not good at all. Uh, first thing, and I know we repeat this over and over and over in episodes, but plan, plan. And when you think you've planned enough, plan some more. Uh, you're going to have to determine the conditions you and your family might face. Uh, if your heating system fails, everyone's going to be unique, right? Uh, Ian's climate is completely different from mine and Alan's, uh, and compared to Tyler's, everybody's climate's different. So you have to keep in mind that maybe you can go a couple of days in your climate and your house will be fine. It might drop some, a couple of degrees, but it might not be an issue uh, or it might drop drastically. So it all kind of depends on where you're living, uh, what the weather conditions are like uh, and, and what, what can dissipate the heat faster in, in your climate. So something to, to think about there. So just because it's going to work for, uh, for Ian across the country, it might not work for us. Right. Um, what else do I have in my list of stuff here? Uh, most common heating systems to homes utilize some form of electricity to push the heat to the house. So the, the big thing that's probably going to cause you uh, to lose heat is going to be loss of electricity, mm-hmm. which means you lose a lot of other things as well, uh, but you're going to lose heat right away. Yeah, I think a lot of people were planning on using their uh, their gas fireplaces as uh, backup heat sources, but without that little fan blowing the, you know, past the heat exchanger, it's not really doing a whole lot. 
looks, looks pretty. pretty. Looks, looks great. <laughs> well, and yeah. it, it does generate heat. It just doesn't generate as much heat as they're anticipating. Yeah, it's going to um, be radiant instead of being blown out into the room, right? Right. Well, and and another thing to to keep in mind is how is that ventilation working? Because most modern yeah. furnaces are um, power vented, so there's it's it's an electrical ventilation problem. First time I ever lost heat. Second time I ever lost heat. First time I lost heat was because the uh, um, the oil tank failed and I no longer had a fuel reserve. But the second time I lost heat was because we had a snowstorm and it blew um, blew wind up against the side of the house, which blocked the blocked the vent, and so. Ah. That'd be a problem. Chimney venting at the top, just vents out the side near the near the ground. Um, the vent couldn't the vent couldn't vent, so there was a safety shut off. Fortunately for me, that was a pretty easy problem to solve. But um, if your gas fireplace has the same power vent, then it's not going to be much good because it won't come on. Yeah, we had that years ago. We had a um, I was living at my parents' place. It's going back quite a while now, but uh, we had a natural gas fireplace in the basement. And the vent got blocked up, same kind of idea, by snow. So it killed the uh, the pilot light in it, but the gas kept coming in. And next thing you know, we're getting uh, the smell of natural gas in the basement. Um, luckily, we able to turn it off and, and get things fixed up, but something to think about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so think about getting a generator. Like I mentioned, the main, uh, the main thing that your heating system is most likely going to be using is electricity. So if you can look into getting a, a generator, you know, if you're lucky and have one gifted to you, Tyler, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, you've got something that you can at least figure out and hook up to your, your furnace or your, your heat source prior to losing heat. And then obviously test it and use it and try to figure out how it operates ahead of time. Um, but then at least you can fire your heat source back up again and, and keep the house uh, heated. Well, and also make sure that source of fuel is gravity fed versus electrically pumped. Um, so back in the Ontario power outage there in 2003, um, one of the buildings I was familiar with, they had a backup generator on the roof and a massive tank for the generator in the basement, but the mm. fuel pumps to pump the fuel up were on a different circuit and weren't powered by the generator. And so they ended up having to carry jerry cans up the stairs to feed the generator. Awesome. <laughs> it was, it was incredibly awesome. So uh, yeah, if you remember those big farm tanks you see on little like little metal stilts and stuff, and a big uh, silver tank, and usually it's you know you can fill something up underneath it. Mm -hmm. I missed one of those by like ten minutes of the auction last fall for the uh, farm uh, auction, which but it only went for like ninety bucks. Man, get, those things are cheap if you can get them used. Yeah. And yeah, so gravity fed and, and holds lots of gas. A YouTube comment, which is a really good point from a user. What's that? Say, yep, that's me. Yep, that's uh, me. Says, make sure if you're going to use a generator, then uh, make sure you're installing a proper transfer switch, which is a really good point. Because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if you if you're trying to if you're trying to power the entire grid, then you you're you're not going to do anybody any good, and uh, you're going to make it a lot harder to have your power restored. So, make sure you have a transfer switch that isolates your uh, isolates your line power from your house. That's important. Uh, as well, wood stoves are more efficient than uh, fireplaces. Both burn wood. Fireplace looks a bit more prettier, but the wood stove is gonna. It's designed specifically to to heat an area, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, think about that as well. Like we've got a couple fireplaces here; they'll they'll heat the main level fairly well. But if I uh, if I put a wood stove in, they would probably heat it ten times faster. Mm -hmm. uh, but something to keep in mind as well, right? Well, it's actually harder to like if you build a new house now, you can't get a uh, fireplace installed without like sprinkler systems and all sorts of weird code stuff. So I think you're better off just putting a wood stove in, anyways. Yeah, right. may as well. If you're doing it, may as well put it in, and then you've got it. 
and it also has the benefit of if you if you put the right stove in that has a flat top, then you can even cook on it. Oh, yeah. I see you're stealing my thunder yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be faster on it, Ian. I know, I know. <laughs> Another thing, conserve heat, right? Layer up your clothing, sweaters, jackets, etc. Start throwing them on. Um, cuddle. If, yeah, Share cuddle. Body heat. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, and then don't try to heat the whole house if you don't have to. If there's a certain section of your house that you, you really need to heat, smaller space, the easier it is to, to heat up, right? So mm-hmm. if you've got a full backup generator for the house and you're running your, your forced air furnace and you, you want to heat the whole place up, well, okay. But if you're going for an extended period of time, try to find a, a location that uh, that you can set up and, and everybody can kind of cozy up in. Uh, that way you're not trying to heat absolutely everything. Uh, and if, you, if you're using a fireplace as your backup source of heat, well, that's already chosen for you, right? You, you can't pick up the fireplace and, and relocate it. Well, I guess you could, but it's you a heck of a lot of work. Uh, and you've got bigger bigger things to worry about at that point in time. So uh, the, the choice has already been made for you as to which room you're going to utilize at that point in time. Uh, but just know when you're in the back of your head ahead of time, okay, if, if the power's out and I don't have heat for X amount of days, I'm going to focus on this room or I'm going to focus on that room or we're going to set this area up as the heat area and that's where everybody's going to hang out. Uh, and again, it's all dependent on your setup and what, uh, what you have, right? Yep. Uh, and let's see. The, fl- the flip side of that, of course, is that if you're only heating part of your house, then the parts that are uh, not being heated are susceptible to things like freezing pipes. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and we already remember- touched on... Uh, I remember reading years ago, I don't know how accurate it is, but if you're inside walls, if your thermostat is reading 8 degrees Celsius, which is what, about 40 degrees Fahrenheit, um, then your outside walls are freezing. So if you've got pipes on your outside walls, which most of us do, at least in our kitchen, um, that's that's a good indicator that you're uh, you're in trouble and you need to drain, drain your system. There's a good one from uh, NV35. Uh, I'd recommend something as simple as wearing slippers. Amazing how fast your body loses heat through bare feet, uh, even in a warm house. Insulate the body. Yep. Good point. We lose we lose heat in four ways, right? Convection, conduction, evaporation, and uh, radiation. So conduction yeah. is touching cold things. Uh, that's the that's the natural transfer of energy. We we generally we naturally transfer heat out of us uh, rather than absorbing it. So if uh, yeah, the the, fir- the more you can insulate your body from cold surfaces, the better off you are. Sounds like a great reason to get those Homer Simpson, uh, Mr. Mr. Plow slippers from Walmart. Right? <laughs> yes. yes. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm rocking my Crocs and they keep me warm. So Crocs and wool socks and I'm warm tonight. Uh, and we already touched on if you're planning on using a generator uh, for the furnace or anything else in your house, learn how to use it first. Uh, but another thing, learn how to divert heat from areas you're not going to be using. So the, there's going to be different ways with your furnace to redirect the heat that it is uh, sending out. So learn how ahead of time when uh, when things aren't pressing, learn how to redirect the heat to a certain room, uh, learn what vents go where. Uh, if you have to plug some to, to get heat to other rooms or more heat to other rooms, figure that out ahead of time and get a plan in place and even write down or, or mark the, the different areas um, as to where you would set it in certain situations. And that way you know ahead of time and it's pre-planned, okay, if power's out and we're focusing on, I don't know, the upstairs bedroom, like the master bedroom, for example, this is what we'd have to set the furnace up. We'll have to move these different uh, pieces on the furnace to redirect the heat to this specific room, and then it cuts the heat down in the other rooms. Um, mm-hmm. Just helps redirect things and, and keep the one priority room warm, and then you're not wasting heat in other areas. 
closing vents is is important, yeah. as is closing uh, closing dampers within your uh, within your ductwork system. Right. Yeah, some people even install like a butterfly those those uh, straight up and down kind of blade style <laughs> uh, valves to uh, to cut off the airflow in certain cases. There's uh here's a good comment from uh, yep that's me on uh, YouTube. Uh, find out where your natural gas is supplied from. Uh, sometimes it's controlled by electricity at the supplier as well. Uh, it may not last as long as you need. Uh, maybe have uh, uh, was that orifice kit. Orifice kit. I yeah. wasn't sure if that was a typo or if uh, nope. an orifice kit for propane or heat. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because I mean the gas lines have I think four inches of water column. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's yeah. It's not very that. much. It's 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 you can use your finger almost to stop it. There's not a whole lot yeah. of pressure. So if there is four or five guys with an emergency backup generator in the local area, it wouldn't take much long or much long. It wouldn't take very long to uh take the accumulator down to almost nothing in the local area. So that that is a good point. Yeah. That's why I want to get a big propane tank for uh for backup for my generator. So if the natural gas does disappear, I got uh, a backup tank. Kijiji. Well, one day. <laughs> yep. One day. Uh, what else? So, uh, and of course, staying warm is the priority, but uh, keep in mind uh, there's going to be some other things that are going to be uh, facing you as well, besides just keeping warm and, and keeping the house uh, or certain areas warm as well. Uh, for example, freezing pipes, I think Alan, you already, you already mentioned that, uh, but they can make quite the mess when things thaw out. Yep. So, yeah, you don't notice it when they freeze, you notice it when they thaw. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, Very keep that in mind. Yeah. And your uh, your your best your best bet for that guys is just to uh, like shut off your main your water main, yeah. and then open a, open the lowest drain in your house. Open the you know the the sink or the mm -hmm. um, the drain of your washing machine or something to uh, to to drain all the water from the system above. Uh, oh, and 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 open up all the top ones, like all the top ones. Yeah, so and open everything lines. up. Yeah, yeah, because you've got to have you got to have air to replace the uh, to replace the lines. So open up everything upstairs. Um, crack a drain and that'll that'll drain your drain your system out. Uh, when you go to pot, when you go to charge it again, you're going to have a hell of a water hammer, mm -hmm. but uh, you won't have any broken pipes to contend with. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and don't use a welder to attach to one end of the house and the other end of the house to, to thaw your lines up by running current <laughs> through it. Trust me. <laughs> that, it doesn't that work. Like a really, that sounds like a really interesting story, and I would like yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend once. That's a story uh, over a couple of beers one day, isn't it? Yeah, a friend yeah. that did this. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, another thought: uh, if uh, if you've lost heat, and most likely the cause is the, a power outage of some sort, uh, most of us are in rural areas, so your well pump's mm -hmm. not going to go, so you're not going to have any water. Yep. Something to think about, depending on on what you're dealing with. If uh, you're only out for a little period of time, it's not a big deal. Uh, longer period of time, you're going to have to figure out a way to get uh, get some water. Um, and of course, if you're draining the pipes out, well, you got to figure out a way as well. So, yep. And lighting candles can provide both light and heat, but like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, be cautious with them. You don't want to turn into uh, burning the entire house down. Um, yep. Yeah, you'll stay warm for a little while because uh, now you got a huge source of heat. <laughs> But that's not what you don't want. That it, yeah. it defeats it defeats all the other yeah. purposes. <laughs> yeah, not very sustainable. Well, yeah. I, I think if you go to the dollar store, IKEA, all these other places, there's places that actually like you know they're tea light holders. So they look like old style lanterns and stuff. Yeah, you know, for the sake of a buck or two, just throw that in there. That way, if you have kids or something that's clumsy or whatever, or both, um, that way if they knock it over, it's not a big deal. It's contained inside mm -hmm. plastic or glass for you got a couple seconds to keep it from yeah. catching anything further, right? Clay pots are another great place to hold tea lights. Um, they will, because the clay will absorb the heat and then it will give off radiant heat afterwards. So it's. That's right. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, there, there have been there have been a few videos going around of of people taking uh, uh, you know putting some tea lights under a um, under a clay pot and then you know with four or five tea lights you can actually keep the room above freezing for a few hours which I've I've yet to try it but it's uh, it's an interesting theory anyways it certainly makes sense yeah uh, that it's endothermic and will it has you know rather porous so it will uh, it'll absorb lots of heat and then as chemical changes happen it will of course give off heat afterwards yeah, you so wouldn't think a couple of little tea lights would would do that it's kind of neat but when it's when it's contained right like that's the yeah. thing is is when when you don't contain a flame it doesn't do much but when you focus a flame um it can do a whole lot of uh it can do a whole lot of good really quickly and then uh, sanitation as well something you're going to want to think about uh, a frozen toilet it's not going to help you it's also well, going weird. to it's also going to destroy your toilet. Water stains. Yeah, yeah well, there's a pee trap on the toilet. That, no pun intended there either. But basically, <laughs> it's just it's to keep the sewer gas from coming back up. So there's like a little U shape of water in there. So if you are going to be dealing with a long term power outage and you know your toilet's going to freeze, take a bit of the antifreeze. Hopefully, you have a spare bottle of it in your garage. Just mm -hmm. take a little bit of antifreeze, pour it in each toilet, so that the pee trap has actually like glycol in it, so it'll keep it from freezing. Um, so that way, when it does, you know, require usage. Um, there's a chance it's not frozen. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a jug of antifreeze in your garage, go get one. Yeah, that's a, that's a prepper thing. You, <laughs> yeah. you should be able to at least have that. So. Or maybe two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't have a jug of antifreeze in your garage, this is not the podcast for you. No, yeah. no. Carry on. Nothing this year. <laughs> and, and last but not least for, uh, for my uh, points here, safety. Right? Ensure uh, you've got a working fire extinguisher close at hand for any heating sources that you're going to be using or alternate heating sources. Um, because if the worst thing happens and, and that flame decides to hop somewhere else, you don't want it to be, at least you can make an attempt to put it out, right? Right. Make sure, you, <clears throat> make sure you have battery backup uh, uh, smoke detectors as well. Don't have just the hardwired in ones. Have a battery one. Yep. Smoke and CO. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. you know, those are all really good points. Ian, what do you have about this? All right, got a, just a couple of repeats, but with the wood stove, uh, that's number, my number one bullet point as well because, I mean, uh, I think we always try to wrap these prepper episodes around peace of mind, less reliance, and some sort of cost savings. So even during normal times with the wood stove, you're going to be saving on your heating bills by offsetting the cost with renewable resources like wood or scrap paper or whatever to keep the house warmer. Um, but also with the power outage aspect, um, if you have like a stone you know backing behind your wood stove you got a bit of thermal mass there that will keep radiating heat after you've fallen asleep and the fires died down uh you can get a steady supply of hot water by setting off the flat top like i mentioned before and uh also yeah like, uh, everything from stones around the, the wood stove any sort of uh, thermal mass you can make to keep the heat radiating at all times it's uh, so much the better right you're kind of retaining that heat for longer yeah absolutely yeah. our our little wood stove in the basement's kind of well, it's an entire brick wall, and then the wood stove is set into that brick wall. So that as you start the little indoor wood stove, it heats all that brick up, and that heats the whole house. And then, of course, that's on the lower level, so that heat's going to radiate upwards as well. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wool. I don't think we touched on that, but that's one of those things, like you mentioned, layering up. But uh, wool is one of those things where it, you know, it keeps insulated even when it's full of moisture. But um, it's cheap to get wool blankets at the dollar store. Uh, wool underwear is always fun, you know, uh, but yeah, just a little uh, itchy. Yeah. A little itchy. <laughs> Get the Merino stuff from Costco. It's great. 
Oh, uh, fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll layers, because uh, I mean, it's going to keep you warmer for longer. It doesn't require washing as fast as everything else. And uh, space blankets, uh, the reason I'm mentioning those is because not only the emergency aspect, but if you're going to tape off a room, uh, there's a lot to be said about putting, you know, some sort of way to, to divvy off the room, but then a space blanket in front of it to re, uh, reflect the heat back towards you. Absolutely. A um, couple things to have handy around the house if you're going to section off a room, like Eric suggested. Um, yeah, I'm guessing there's some poly, like some thick poly, maybe some, you know, like I said, dollar store blankets if you want to hang those on all the doorways and then tape them off if you can just to create that, not airtight, but less airflow than you normally would have. You're still going to have some sort of access to the room. You're going to have to like split the blankets to get in and out of it, but at least you're reducing the airflow, reducing the heat loss, right? Yep. And uh, just do yourself a favor, use painter's tape so that when the emergency is over, you don't have to rebuild your walls. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Good point there, yeah. Yeah, Unless Um, the zombies are coming, then maybe you pump it a little bit more. If the zombies are coming, then I don't really care. (laughs) And if the zombies are coming, we got to worry about blackout concerns. And when I say blackout, Mm. I mean like World War II bombing blackouts, because Mm -hmm. if you have light creeping out of your windows because you've got a bright fire going and some candles and flashlights and nobody else does... That's an offset concern, right? Absolutely. So, um, Another thing is with the crank. generators, right? If you got a generator cranking away, people are going to hear yeah. it. Unless you get the Honda EI two thousand. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nice and quiet. Yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, I mean blackout concerns. If you if you are in a neighborhood full of people that aren't normally prepared for such things, uh, yeah, you got to consider your operational security. It might become an issue. So, yep. um, save some of those blankets to block off your windows. Just a thought. Yep. Um, Good point. Catalytic Spa- heaters. Space blankets, if you tape all around the window, will block out 100% of light. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yep. Tin foil, like aluminum foil from your kitchen, same thing. Yep. I um, use that all to make my hat. That's it. It's, <laughs> not, it's not just for hats, Eric. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. But, but, in, in all, but in all seriousness, a tin foil hat will help retain a whole lot of your own body heat. Oh, yeah. It's actually not that bad an idea. Get sweaty, though, too, really fast. Yeah, true, yeah. But, um, actually, when I used to live in the high Arctic, same thing during summertime, we'd actually take aluminum foil and tape off the windows to actually for the bedrooms to simulate nighttime so you could actually get sleep because other than that, you wouldn't sleep. So, fair enough. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Um, so, yeah, catalytic heaters, guys. I'm not a big expert on these things, but uh, you know, those low level kind of like almost flameless heaters they have. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the little buddy style that have like you know, one pound bottles on them. There's the military kerosene heaters that like that look like an old pot belly stove. Mm-hmm. And then they all kind of use fuel, but they don't seem to have a flame enough to be a concern. Um, well, I, I have a little buddy heater. It does. I, it'll actually heat my garage, which is what about twenty by twenty by fifteen, and it'll heat my garage pretty well um, in all but kind of the harshest conditions. It'll at least keep the keep the chill off with a with a one pound propane bottle. And I've taken it camping and hunting, and it like it's. It, fantastic and um has a tip over protection so that if you do tip it over it'll just turn off but uh once it gets going like you I, I would always recommend starting it outside because it does burn fuel to light up but after that it's it, you, you don't smell propane there's no there's no gas smell afterwards mm-hmm. yeah they're just like a car the biggest pollutants is the first couple minutes of operation and after that it gets up to temperature yep. and starts doing its magic i think it's fine after that it's super efficient after that yep yeah um, so I put a, a link in there as well, like uh, off-grid heating with diesel and oil. Uh, regarding all that, actually, I have to read up on that myself. I'm not 100% on it. Well, so uh, what, instead of getting a uh, instead of getting a, a diesel generator for that 200 liters of diesel you're getting, you can get yourself a a, a stove. It's clearly, that's yeah. what I need to do. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So uh, we mentioned uh, sharing body heat. Good idea. More people yeah. in the room is better. So uh, until you start squabbling, in case you might need to take a walk anyway. But um, well, nine months later, you might have another little person to <laughs> look after. Yeah. See, I, <laughs> I found out what caused that. I took care of that. So anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So more people in the room is better. Uh, absolutely. So sharing body heat and also keeping an eye on loved ones, uh, you know, security aspects, everything else. It's, it's better if you can conglomerate around the heat source. Uh, but with all those people in there, yeah, ten, t- uh, tempers are, are going to run high, but um, a string to hang your clothes, because as you mentioned, I think Alan is, uh, you know, you start exercising a lot, you're going to dry your clothes. So some sooner or later, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, somebody mentioned the move, moving the wood stove. Was that you, Eric? I mentioned uh, just jokingly moving the fireplace, which would be a lot of work. Uh, I got a, I got a, I got a movable wood stove for you. So uh, if, if you go to Princess Auto and you actually uh, search for wood stove, they have an eighty-eight dollar wood stove, and it's like this little cylinder about the size of a scuba tank. And basically, it comes with all of the chimney requirements and everything else. But basically, it's one of those things where you can set it up in, in literally in a family room, mm-hmm. come up with some sort of a sleeve insert for a window hole, open your window, smack the. Uh, the sheet metal wood stove insert in there, tape it off with like aluminum tape. You could have like yeah. a, a field expedient wood stove that would actually kind of work for heating the house. Ugly as sin, but for 88 bucks, right. what do you care? Right. And it works. Um, and it, it I actually have, I, I have one out in my yellow shed. It works great. Uh, we were actually using it to make sea salt. Uh, so outdoors we were like huh. heating up seawater and making sea salt out of it and stuff. Huh. Works great. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. And dirt cheap. So it's something, I mean, it probably burns through after about two or three years, but, Whatever for eighty eight bucks a couple of years that's that's not bad that's a good ROI at that point it's in the disposable range for that price right like you really don't care what happens to it so um, see so the worst case scenario like if you have screwed up completely you haven't prepped anything or you're prepping and you just don't have time to get everything um, don't forget you can always hop in your car warm it up as long as you're not in a snowbank and (laughs) yeah yeah I mean so the car can provide heat. Uh, it actually can work as a generator for you to recharge small things like uh, whether you want to run a small electric heater inside the car with an inverter jet, uh, like a plug in inverter to the cigarette lighter. You can charge your smartphones. Um, it's not sustainable, but you know, it could save your life if you are like that desperately cold. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now that I'm going to delve into the opinion section here for a second, but um, we did mention draining the toilets uh, and the faucets. But yeah, I guess knowing yeah. where your water main is kind of key. But uh, so back to the opinion part is avoid the community warming shelter. And the reason I'm saying that is not because I'm just ultra paranoid, but it doesn't mean they're not out to get me. Uh, yeah, uh, my concerns is if you have a massive power outage and, you know, you, you, saw them, you decide you're going to head to the community shelter, you're inviting burglary for one, because people know that you're gone to the community warming shelter and they probably saw you leave or maybe people are just randomly trying houses. Um if things got really haywire, you could, you know, leave all your preps behind. So now you've left, uh, you know, anything from a defensive tools to, you know, cash stashes to whatever you might have at home that would be better with you. Uh, you've left it all to go to the community warming shelter. So mm-hmm. I also think it's it's enabling bad behavior. And also, is, you know, if you stay away from the community warming shelter in a case like this, it's going to teach you to be more reliant than reliant mm-hmm. on the on the man, you mm-hmm. know, which is a bad thing because you don't want to breed that kind of reliance into a higher power just because, right? I think NV35 has got a good point here too. Uh, everyone will start <laughs> fighting over who gets the cuddle in. Dibs. <laughs> Dibs, I call it first. Yeah. Uh, 
Now you're gonna, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Throw you off track a little bit there. Yeah, but. my wife tells me I won't last five minutes in prison. But anyway, I, I, I was expounding on the merits of prison last week on a Patriot, and she's like, you wouldn't last five minutes in there. You know that, right? <laughs> And uh, a, a comment here from uh, Yup, that's me. Says uh, gas dryers are closed, and then reclaim the heat works great. Good point. Yeah, at Home Depot they actually sell something that comes off the dryer exhaust vent and uh, has like a miniature kind of filter element on it. And uh, basically, instead of venting that hot air outside, you can vent that air into your warming shelter area. But the problem is, it's really moist air. So yeah. um, if you're in Alberta during the winter, no problem. You'll actually yeah. welcome the moisture. If you're in yeah. my neck of the woods, you'll have water dripping down the windows in two minutes and that's not mm. good so fair yeah but you take if you take the good with the bad uh, i'd rather have water ripping dripping down the windows than frost on the inside so that's true um okay. yes yeah, it's, it's jungly here to begin with that's the problem so yeah well i mean you also probably don't have anywhere near the same challenges so when it's minus 40 outside i'll take every i'll take every degree heat that i can get that's true yeah um, so my, and we kind of touched on it. Exercise produces heat, um, but sweat kills. So yep. there's lots to do around the, around the, uh, the homestead when the power goes out due to an emergency. So there's gonna be lots of work to be done. Um, but ration your, ration your work so that you don't get too sweaty. Uh, as soon as your clothes get wet, uh, they start, they start losing insulation value. How quickly that happens depends on what it's made of. But wool, as we touched on before, will retain its will retain its, its heat value as long as possible. Cotton is probably the worst. Uh, it absorbs wa- it absorbs water, uh, it'll absorb your sweat, and then it will make uh, make your life rather unpleasant. So, um, stay warm, but not but make sure you don't sweat um, doing your chores. Uh, we've touched on almost everything else. Just make sure that when you're when you are cooking and heating uh you're you're making use of that heat you're not letting you know no cooking on your gas grill outside that's that's not going to help anything um and make sure that everything that you eat is warm as well so that your body doesn't have to try and um try and keep up with that so if you can make sure that you're drinking warm water and warm tea and warm coffee and heat up your soup and um that will uh that will not only produce ambient heat within your house because you are applying heat to something else, but then it will also make your make it so that your body doesn't have to work as hard to stay warm. Mm-hmm. And the obligatory reminder, uh, if you are going to be burning anything inside, make sure that you have carbon monoxide detectors that are working on a battery, not on your power, not on your uh, main line, on your, on your uh, line power. So uh, carbon monoxide smoke detectors so that you don't die because waking up dead would suck. Yep, sure would. Um, yeah, so I think we pretty much touched on all the uh, alternate heat sources. I guess that maybe just go back to the basics a little bit and um, start with just figuring out what your level of, you know, what, what's your threat level when it comes to losing power and staying warm. If you never see temperatures below freezing, then it's probably not an issue. But I think anybody that lives in a climate where temperatures fall below freezing um, it's probably definitely something that you need to consider uh, and, and be prepared for upwards of three days. I We don't generally see power outages more than three days, at least around here and, and in the States. Maybe as you get farther up north, uh, they might be a little extended, but have a way to heat your house for three days. Go through the house, learn how your heating system works, learn how to shut the, the breaker panel off to it, um, figure out where your ducts run, how to shut those off. 
um, basically just have a plan and also teach teach others in your family that plan as well. Teach your girlfriend, wife, fiance, kids, whatever it is, teach them how to shut the burrs on and off, how to start the generator, um, whatever it might be, how to switch over from wood to gas or gas to wood, whatever, whatever your situation is. Um, go but never combine gas and wood. <laughs> yeah. Just never combine <clears throat> Yep, but uh, whatever your plan is, teach everybody else in the family that plan. So that's a great point. Make sure everybody kind of multiple people know how to do multiple things. That way, if one person's incapacitated or not able to do it, other people know how to do it. It's important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. That brings us to our podcast challenge, doesn't it? Yeah, believe it does. Eric, what's our podcast challenge for the week? Ah, it's, you're written down for reading it, but I'll read it. <laughs> I am. I don't see that anywhere. <laughs> anyway, the so, podcast challenge for this week is <laughs> to come up with a plan to secure your home against freezing against freeze damage. So heat at least a portion of your home to a habitable level. Assume the coldest weather of the year for up to two weeks. Mm-hmm. Come up with a plan. Let us know what your plan. Maybe not the exact details of your plan if you don't want to, but let us know what you've done to prepare for that. You can let us know, feedback at pepperpodcast.ca, or let us know on our YouTube channel, or let us know on Facebook. We want to hear about it. Yeah, you can also, uh, I redid the website uh, the other day, so you can also go to pepperpodcast.ca and just click on contact, and there's a, a fancy web form there now you can fill out, and it'll come to us as well. So That's nice. pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. All right. So what's coming up? We have upcoming events this time. We do. All yeah, right. Got a couple? couple save the dates for you. So the podcast for Charity Shoot, once again, hosted by Slamfire Radio, July 4th, 2020, in Balmoral, New Brunswick, which is the Restigouche Gun Club. Uh, camping is available in a nearby town called Dalhousie. Uh, it's going to be everything from a steel challenge, steel pistol bay, trap and skeet, I do believe, uh, fun shoot, stop the bleed course, if you're interested in doing a first aid course, same day. And they're still waiting to announce the charity. Awesome. Uh, so the uh, annual Peppers Meet is coming up again. Uh, it's going to be the second week of July in uh, Desborough, Ontario. So uh, set the date aside now, and uh, I'm sure they'll get tickets uh, posted in the new year because they usually do early bird for that. It sells out quick, so uh, always a great uh, great weekend. It's usually uh, Friday through the Sunday. Uh, great group of people, uh, lots and lots to learn. And, uh, yeah, so just keep that in mind for uh, for the second week of July. And coming up soon, well, coming up in May, uh, Emergency Preparedness Week is May 3rd to 9th. Um, That's where people like me get super nerdy and start talking about all the things that we should do to be prepared for an emergency. One of the most important things that you can do is listen to this podcast right here. (laughs) It's a good point. At least to start out with it. It's a good start. All right, let's move into some shout-outs. So, Alan... Uh, I'm going to shout out the uh, the Brook Alvinston and Six Nations Fire Departments. Um, they lost one of their members this weekend. Uh, he was killed in a car crash, and that was uh, I'm connected to both of those departments uh, over the last little bit. And um, it was uh, it's a it's a an awful loss, and I, I my. Uh, my sincerest condolences to not only the family, which is a, a long family of firefighters, but the uh, the departments who are now missing missing one of their one of their guys. Uh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got a shout out to uh, the maintainers of uh, the website, the hyphen I.eu. As I mentioned it earlier, I downloaded a whole bunch of stuff and uh, 
put it on my network attached storage uh, between this episode and the last one. Uh, it's an awesome setup. There's all kinds of information on there. So uh, thank you to the maintainers. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, head over to uh, the hyphen i.eu and start downloading some documents. They allow you to contribute as well. So you got some stuff to contribute, throw some stuff up there and may as well share, uh, share the information. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm going to be digging knee deep into that JFK file. I saw on the first page. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got one for a new listener, Richard. I met him today while I was out in a boat. So I just thought I'd say hi and thanks for listening. Um, also, definitely worthy of mentioning, and hopefully people spread the word, uh, Tracy Wilson and the CCFR have come out with a three-letter challenge. So basically, to write one letter to the Prime Minister, one letter to your uh, local MP, and one letter to Minister Bill Blair. Um, there are some bullet points available on firearmrights.ca to help you with your letter writing. Keep in mind that if you write a letter regarding this horrible news this week with firearms, um, letters to your MP, the PM, and... Uh, yeah, the minister are all free. Just uh, fill out the address. They're all available on firearmrights.ca. So please, okay, so uh, if you're going to do nothing else, write a letter. Yep. The th- the three, it says it's the three-letter challenge. I understand F and U. What's yeah. the third letter? <laughs> yeah. Pick, pick, your, uh, pick your name. <laughs> yeah, no. Write three letters. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And not just F you. Yeah. Although that was a first thing that kind of went through my head, too. I was like, well, I, <laughs> I was thinking it. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So let's move into email and iTunes reviews. So you've got, uh, got one there, Ian? Yeah, I got a missile. Uh, missile. The missile. Oof. A, a, I got a, well, it wasn't really a nasty message. It was a nice message from Denob from uh, the uh, Canadian Preppers Network there. Yep. And uh, he mentioned that he has whistle tips for his arrows, which is a great signaling device for bow hunters. Well, that's pretty cool. Mm. Except for you only got like four of them with you. So you're only going to get a few messages out. But hey, uh, it would create terror and, and fear amongst the deer you're shooting at, too. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, or, or horrible OPSEC if you're shooting it something i don't know i'm just saying yeah, yeah. anything with Anyways, yeah, no. i've never actually heard of whistle tips before but i guess no. that would be a thing right if you were like you know sending one way on a big lot, giant arc you'd get a fair amount of whistling going right mm-hmm. yeah yeah it would draw some attention yeah. Huh. all right so i uh i finally reinstalled itunes on the computer here so i could pull up the reviews uh, so we've got uh, 39 five stars, we've got uh, three three stars, and we've still got that one little guy at uh, one one star. So I'll take Didn't it. we have some four stars before? Uh, we did, but uh, it was jokingly put in as a four star just to kind of poke at me, and then oh, they okay. moved to do a five star. Oh, so, well, that's nice. Yeah, it was nice of them. I got a chuckle out of it. Yeah. All right, I'm so. good. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else for any emails or listener info? That's all I had. Oh, all right. Well, with that, I'll bring uh, episode number 46 of uh, the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, Please help us out. Take a few minutes, submit a review. Uh, It helps other people find us. Uh, You can also find us at the the new website, uh, prepperpodcast.ca, and uh, on Facebook. We do record the shows on StreamYard. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast. Click the notifications tab. That will let, give you alerts when we are going live. Uh, you can also do the same thing on our Facebook page when we simulcast on YouTube and Facebook so that it's live in, in both locations. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can find me on Instagram at PPSWO. Awesome. And-
Yep. And if you got any questions or advice for me, uh, email into the show at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Right on. Uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast, which is also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you can find us discussing more government waste, no shortage, squirreling <laughs> off on the odd firearms related banter. That seems to be all we're talking about lately. And uh, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And exposing the daily loss of freedoms we're facing. Although the some of the names we've been coming up with lately, like the Block Red Nequa and the uh, the Yodis, and all amazing. Those, yeah, it's been amazing. Pretty, pretty good actually. <laughs> it's been yeah. very good. And as of last week, we, we planned to become the Cell Block Red Nequa. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All Mark right. Up. And uh, for myself, uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Rapid Survival, by the way, has some pretty cool stuff. Uh, with Christmas coming, uh, get your orders in now. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. Chances of me get being able to ship it to you before Christmas now is slim to none. But, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'll do my best. It's a thought Don't say that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Canada Post. Uh. <laughs> we always blame the government. Yep. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, tune in uh, for the next episode where we're going to talk about vehicle maintenance essentials. Not necessarily what's in your kit, but the vehicle itself. So until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>